Colossians chapter 1. It says, For this reason we also, verse 9, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, did not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing to all, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, enduring everything with perseverance and patience joyfully, giving thanks to the Father who has enabled us that literally means who has given us the power to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13 says, He has delivered us from the powers of darkness. Man, that's a preaching scripture. Somebody get a hold of that. He has delivered us from the powers of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins. For the sake of time, jump down to verse 21. Y'all go back later and fill in the blanks, okay? Verse 21 says, and you. Who's that? That's me. That's you. And you who were formerly, formerly alienated and enemies in your mind, where at? By wicked works. Where were you enemies in your mind? By wicked works. Yet now, uh-oh. Do you know these words mean something? They could just put it out there so we can think, oh, that's nice. It says, and you who were formerly alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the blood of his flesh through death to, pres to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. If you continue in the faith. Oh, man, that messes up people's doctrine. I didn't come to mess with your doctrine much tonight, but if you'll read that, it'll mess with it. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and are not removed from the hope of the gospel, hmm, which you have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Can we go to chapter 2, verse 6? Can you do that? Chapter 2, verse 6. I would encourage you to go read all of the in-between. Chapter 2, verse 6. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord... Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. As you 
have, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught and abounding with thanksgiving. Beware. Somebody say beware. Say it again. Beware. That's a warning, right? Is that a warning? Beware, lest anyone. You know what anyone means? Anyone. <laughs> lest anyone captivate you through philosophy and vain deceit in the tradition of men and the elementary principles of the world and not after Christ. For in him, lives all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And verse 10 says, and you are complete in him who is the head of all authority and power. Can I read that part again? Beware lest anyone captivate you through philosophy and vain deceit in the tradition of men and elementary principles of the world and not after Christ. For in him lives all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him who is the head of all authority and power. Lord, we thank you tonight for your word. Lord, for your spirit. Lord, for an atmosphere of praise and worship. Lord, we ask now that you would speak to your people through your servant. Lord, that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive what you would say to the people. Let our minds be open to what is true. And let us release what is false by the authority of the power of the Word of God and the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Go back and read when you have time, the entire book of Colossians. It's just a few chapters. It won't take you long. Read it slow and decide what it's saying. Take it in. Read the words. Let it sink in. And you will begin to understand that he is describing the victory that we have in Christ. Telling us not to get caught up in the things of the world, not to be deceived how many times you read, don't be deceived, don't be deceived, by, don't, don't, or beware lest anyone captivate you through philosophy and vain deceit in the traditions of men. The traditions of men mean nothing. It doesn't matter if it's the traditions of Roman Catholic men. It doesn't matter if it's in the traditions of Assembly of God men. It doesn't matter if it's in the traditions of Southern Baptist men. It doesn't matter. In the traditions of men, it means absolutely nothing. And believe me, we have our traditions. But they have to fall beside the Word of God. We, have, we, we develop answers outside of the Word of God, either when we, sometimes we get impatient Sometimes, if you, if you let me say it this way, sometimes I think we're just hedging our bet. 
What are you talking about? You, we believe God heals, right? So we, so, but would we hedge our bet that if we pray for somebody that it just wasn't God's time? This done got quiet. We're just barely started and you're already looking at me. I came just a moment because I'm all stirred up. I don't mind telling you, I'm all stirred up. I get all stirred up whenever the church starts making silly things and starts teaching silly things and not only silly things, silly things but damaging things, hurtful things, things that are going to take us further away from the truth, further away from the gospel, further away from the power of God, further away, further away from, the, from the promises of this book. I don't like it. I don't like it. And it seems we've just came to a time where we're just accepting what the world is shoving down our throat and what, and what the, the, the smart people. Somebody say it. I'm not against education at all. Wish I had more of it, in fact. But I'm going to tell you, when you start explaining, when you start educating away the promises of God, I've had enough of you. When you start teaching contradictory to what the Word of God says, I don't care how sharp you think you are. I ain't got no use for that. And when we begin to teach people that, that, that this is not the answer, when we, begin to think, when we begin to teach people that Jesus didn't pay at all, we sing all about it in all of our churches, but that's not why we teach. I don't want to sing about it and then not preach about it. Man, I, I'm stirred up. In Him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's all of it. He has authority over everything that comes against your life. I just read to you that He has delivered us. Somebody say delivered us. That means He set us free from the things that bind us. All of them. There's times we get saved, but we still need deliverance. There's more. See, there's more, there's more to our walk with God than salvation. Salvation is the beginning, not the end. There's more. There's always more. You get it all, but there's more. Every time I think I've got all he can give me, guess what? There, he's a never-ending fountain. He's a deep well. There's always more. He said he's delivered me. He said to get away from the traditions of men. All the, what is he talking about? He is literally talking about, Paul is literally talking to the, 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 the Colossians about that everything they need is in Jesus. <laughs> I just might as well dive right in because I come to talk to you tonight about soul care. We all need it. I need soul care. And so do you. Buzzwords. Buzzwords. I hate buzzwords. Can I, can I just give you a few keys before I just keep marching in this deep grass? Because I'm missing to march in some deep grass. 
Can I just give you some things? Can I just tell you some things? Anytime I start hearing buzzwords, there's one thing, there's a few things I know about it. Hey, you've got somebody out there that thinks that they have un, that they have un, uh, un um, discovered um, revelation, let's say. That's what I've noticed about buzzwords in the church. And, what it, and then, because there is no new revelation, I, might, I must tell you, there's nothing, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. If you study that book, it's in there. Now, he can give you fresh revelation, but I can tell you this right now, the canon of Scripture is closed. He's not writing anymore. There, whenever you start getting new revelation on an old book, you'll get bad doctrine. Doctrine. Everybody gets caught up in that. That's not a buzzword. That's an old word that has become unfashionable. Doctrine just means teaching. And you need teaching. I need teaching. We all have to have. Paul talked about doctrine throughout all of his letters that you need sound doctrine, sound teaching. Yes. You've got to have it or you will go astray. You will jump the rails. You will be off course. You, you will be a loose cannon. You will be, you will, and in fact, you will, you will get so far off that you will despise the people that try to bring you back. By the truth of God's Word. Buzzwords. A few years ago, the big buzzword was shift. There's a shift in the atmosphere. No, there's not. No, there's not. There's not a shift in the atmosphere. Can't find that in the Scripture. It's not in there. The same power that was available on the day of Pentecost has been available every day since and between. There's not a shift in the atmosphere. What does that mean? There's some words that are absolutely in the book that become buzzwords. And, and they're, well, I'm trying to teach you something that some of you are not even going to like or not even appreciate. Maybe you will now, maybe you will later, maybe you never will. But I'm trying to tell you, when you start hearing buzzwords, you, 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 you're, today you're finding things that somebody has, they're, they're really usually trying to sell a new book or a new album or uh, album, <laughs> that kind of dated me. <laughs> they're trying to sell something. And they're trying to elevate themselves to a special place of understanding that you, you little people just are not going to be able to understand unless somebody much smarter and much more, has much more revelation than you do. That's the attitude. And it begins to get passed around, and I notice that it, it, when that happens, when buzzwords begin to get passed around, they usually come with some degree of laziness. Because as they begin to get passed around, people, that's a parrot. That's an echo. We need some more. We need voices today, not echoes. Do y'all understand that? People begin to parrot what they've heard. They begin to echo what they've heard. And they don't ever, they've never bothered to stop and figure out and dig around and find out it was nonsense to begin with. I remember a few years ago, it was God was opening portals of glory all over in different locations. No, He's not. No, He's not. 
You know how I know? Because Joel prophesied and Peter repeated in Acts chapter 2 that says, In the last days I'll pour out of my spirit on all flesh. See, if he's, going, if he's opening portals here and there, that's, that's a spot here and a spot there, and, a spot, and he's available to everyone. There's one going around right now that's absolutely a Greek word that's absolutely correct, but every time I hear it, I, I cringe because I know where they're about to go. And they start talking about that we're the ecclesia. Indeed, we are the ecclesia. Indeed, that is, a, that is a, the Greek word for church, and, and, and it, it is correct. But I don't have a problem with the word ecclesia. I have a problem when it became a buzzword and people began to repeat the nonsense that came after it. I'm just laying a little ground. I'm really going to talk about soul care because that's the, that's the buzzword going around right now. Soul care. You need soul care. I find my soul care... <laughs> Well, let's talk about it a second. What are we? We're spirit, soul, and body. Is that right? And we, we, we've said that a few times around here, haven't we? We are spirit. That is the highest, that is our highest nature. We used to say we're body, soul, and spirit, but really we're spirit, soul, and body because my body is the least thing I have. It is the most temporary part of my triune being. Well, you start messing with people, man. That could help somebody with doctrine right there. I'm a triune being, but I'm one. <laughs> Some of y'all didn't even catch that, did you? Hey, I'm spirit, soul, and body. The Bible clearly says that I'm a triune being, but you know what? I'm just one guy. But you know what? One of these days he's going to separate my spirit and my soul from my body. And, you, and, and, and indeed, it can be broken down further than that because, it, because the Word of God tells that the, it says that this book, that the Logos of God, right? says it is living and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Yes? Piercing even to the dividing asunder of the joints of the marrow, the soul and the spirit. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. This word, this is the only thing. He's going to separate, whether it be by death or by rapture, one of these days my spirit and my soul is going to be separated from this body. And he's going to give me a brand new one. I could upset some people already right now. That, that's the reason I couldn't care less if you put this in a fancy box and pay too much money to bury it or if you shake and bake it. I don't care. I'm never going to need it again. We make spiritual issues out of non-spiritual things. I couldn't care less. I'm never, he's never, I'm never going to return. When I leave this old body, I'm never coming back to it. It'll be hard to believe, but when, I can, when he puts me back in the body, it'll be better looking than this one, and that's hard for y'all to swallow, but it's going to happen. <laughs> Some of you, that ought to give hope. <laughs> John said, John said he, he said, how are we going to be? They were asking John the, the revelator, John the, the, the friend of God, John the beloved. They said, how are we going to be? He said, I don't know how we're going to be when we get there, but I do know this, we're going to be like him. I'm never going to need this whole thing again. This is the least of my concerns, this old body. 
But it says that the soul and the spirit can be separated one way. How's that by this? How, how come that we have, do we have trouble separating soul and spirit? If you don't know the word, you'll never separate it. Why is that important? Is that important? Separating soul and spirit, is that important? If you don't know, if you don't know the, if you don't have the word of God in you, you can't separate the soul and spirit, you'll never know who's speaking to you. You'll never know if it's you, if it's the spirit of God, if it's the enemy, or, well, Legion had thousands of devils. And they talked. Jesus said, who are you? He said, I'm Legion. For we're many. Yeah? So we got to know something about soul care. We got to know something about how God put this thing together. Somebody with me? Man. Body, that's obvious. We talk about this all the time, but we're going to say it again because we're going to get to some things here in a minute. You got, I like to always give you everything that I can in the time amount of frame that I have to give it to you so you know what we're talking about. This body, it's pretty obvious. Whenever I'm done with it, I'm done with it. I want to, we're supposed to, we should take care of it while we have it. That's about the response I thought I'd get about that. I'm better at taking care of it than I am other times. I don't tend to overeat whenever it's, whenever it's uh, spinach, Brussels sprouts, and, well, asparagus. That's nasty, Brandon. That's just nasty. I don't have much trouble taking care of my body on that, but when it's Taco Tuesday, my soulless nature takes over. I'll say things like, oh, I'm miserable. I can't eat another bite. Man, I hate to see that go waste. <laughs> That's soul. <laughs> That's your soulless nature. <laughs> we don't know what spirit and soul is, and that then we won't ever know who's speaking. See, my soul, my spirit is my higher nature. It is the part that communes with God. Jesus, or the Word of God says it. He says that you will know that, you, that you're my children. How? He said, my, my spirit. Y'all know God has a spirit? My Word says that He is spirit. How can you even, you can't even worship God unless you're spirit. He says, God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must Worship Him in spirit and in truth. Spirit. It's, the, it's, the, it's your higher nature. It is what communes with God. Every person, all of them, everywhere, are spiritual beings. Oh, today that's become buzzword alert. You're a believer, you're a Christian? Yeah, well... I'm not real religious. I'm, I'm, I'm spiritual. Man, I hear that. Anybody ever hear that? I, I, I'm not really into church and all, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm spiritual. Am I wrong or right? Well, of course you're spiritual. 
We're all spiritual because we're spirit, soul, and body. It's the highest nature we have. Of course we're spiritual. Just because you're spiritual don't mean you're wholly spiritual. Jezebel was spiritual. She was a devil. The demoniac of Gadara was spiritual. 5,000 of them worth. Tell somebody. Spiritual. That's your spirit. The part that deals with God in spiritual things. Your highest nature. And then there's what we all deal with all the time. Our soulish nature. What is that? Your mind. Your will. Your emotions. You know, the things that make you, you. It's the part that gets mad when somebody cuts you off in traffic. Just so you know, the biggest mistake you can make in Houston is to turn your blinker on. Just do it. Thank you. Same thing in Little Rock. Turning your blinker on, that doesn't mean they're going to let you in traffic. It means they're going to step on it and try to outrun you. You're going to miss your exit. Then your soulish nature is going to rise up. Oh, they all, they all spiritual. I see you. Spiritual. Soulless nature, mind, will, emotions, the things that make you, you. And the only way to separate what is, spirit, what is your spirit man and what is your soulish man is the Word of God. That's it. Why is all this matter? We're going to get there in just a second. If you don't know, how many of you ever struggled? I just don't know if that. Have you ever been there? We've talked about it before. This is not new material. We're going to get to some stuff here in a minute. But how many of you ever been praying about something? You've been praying about something. You know, it's much easier to answer from God if you hadn't already made up your mind that, what you want to hear. You can find out much more about the will of God if you, if you go to Him with, with a real wanting and a real, under, uh, and a real desire to, know what he, to, to find out what He wants you to do instead of, go, of, of suggesting the outcome. Because then you go and you pray because we all have, we all have, every, I, I dare say I have never, hardly ever prayed to God about a situation that I didn't have a preference of, of the outcome. Because, and then it becomes really hard to know whenever things begin to move a little. Was that just something I wanted? Or... Come on, don't act like you had never been here before. Have you ever just struggled over a prayer, over a decision, over, over the things, the, the voices in your head? I, I'm not crazy. Y'all got voices in your head. Y'all got something telling you what to do. Every one of us has got something telling us what to do. Every one of us. Now, I can tell you that's Scripture because I, I remember the prophet, when he was trying to hear from God, there was, there was an earthquake, there was a tornado, there was a firestorm, and God wasn't in any of them. Remember? 
See, we're always looking for something big. <laughs> Where was he? He was in that still, small voice. So we all hear voices. <laughs> it's when they get in an argument that you have trouble. <laughs> I don't have much trouble with the, with the voices. It's the multiple personalities that give me fits. <laughs> Y'all, y'all need to lighten up. <laughs> it's okay to laugh a second. Mind, will, emotions. Can I give you a news flash about this soulish nature? Because we've heard church terms all of our life that are not really well defined, and 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 then there's translations that. Sometimes you, 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 you have to look it up every time when the Bible deals with the heart of man because sometimes he's dealing with the soul. Sometimes he's dealing with the spirit and context is everything. And you got to go look up the word to find out if he's dealing with the soulless nature or the spirit man or all of those things. You got to find out what he's talking about. But I got a news flash that's just going to blow your mind. Your mind. Your mind never gets saved. mind never gets saved. I'm letting that sink in. You're going to deal with between your ears from now till you die. You're going to deal with you're going to deal with what's going on in that in, in the in the in the negative space between until the rapture. What do you do with it? What are we supposed to do? Soul care. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to Him, which is your reasonable service. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. Who may prove? You may prove. What is that good, that perfect, that acceptable will of God? When, when it, concerning spiritual warfare, how many of you know we're in a spiritual warfare? He wrote that we have to take every thought captive. Every thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of God has to be taken captive. You're going to deal with your mind always. Be transformed. The word is a metamorphosis. Just like a caterpillar. 
It goes in a caterpillar into this cocoon. Do they still teach that in school? There's so much that's not taught anymore. I don't even know if people know that anymore. You know that, they, you know that butterflies were a caterpillar one time, right? That it went into a cocoon, and it, there was a thing called metamorphosis that took place, and it went in an ugly old-looking worm and come out a beautiful butterfly. It was transformed. There was a metamorphosis. It became something different. Your mind has to be transformed. And it's a daily work. It's an ongoing process. It is, it, is, it, is, it is our part of the gospel. And without Jesus Christ, you're not even capable of a transformed mind. You're not capable of keeping your mouth shut. Some of us ain't real good at it with Jesus. But I've got a filter now. And I'm working on it. James said it this way. He said, there's no man that can tame the tongue. He said, it's a wild creature. It, 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 it talked about that you, that you can steer a horse with a bit and a bridle, and you can turn a big ship with just a small rudder. It, and, it, and it talked about the incredible power of the tongue, that it, would, that it start, that this little member created big problems, big fires. You know why? It's because the mind that's running it, I just can't control my mouth. Yes, you can. Well, most of the time, but not without Jesus. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you can't control your mind, your thoughts, your will, and your emotions. You're out of control. You ain't listening. Not just me, not just you. Oh, we can discipline. We can have some self-discipline up to a point. But how many of you know that jumps the rails sometimes? That's why there has to be a spiritual transformation because our soulish nature cannot, cannot do it. And in fact, it doesn't want to. I didn't desire to quit telling people off. Until I had a little help from Jesus. And every once in a while, I didn't talk to him good enough that morning, and I still have trouble. But I have to bring it in, into captivity. I have to. One of the things that helped me, you know one of the things that helped me with that? I can tell you one of the things that helped me with that. I got tired of apologizing. <laughs> Because, let me help you. Because when I got saved and when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, see, I'm a, I, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, but he's still working on me. And before I could, I mean, I can, I can, I can still, I can still do it. I, I, I don't, I, I try not to. It really, I, I mean, I don't, have to, I don't have to think of what I should have said 20 minutes later. People, have you ever been in a fight and, you know, they, meh, 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 and somebody, you know, you're really going at it and somebody's quick-witted and they catch you low and you get driving down the road and you think, man, if I'd have thought of that, boy, I'd have told them. That's not me. I'm like, man, I wish I hadn't have said that. But I didn't even care until I got saved. 
I'm talking about body, soul, and spirit. I'm talking about soul care. I'm talking about mind, will, and emotions. I'm talking about when I get saved, what's done in me. Well, I'm talking about what Jesus does whenever you get saved. I'm talking about what happens in our spirit. I'm talking about that in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I'm talking about that he delivers me from the curse of the law. I'm talking about that he delivers me from my stinking thinking. I'm talking about that whenever I have the word and the spirit man becomes, becomes, becomes the higher nature in me that I begin, but he begins to turn around my desire. He begins to change what I say and the way I think. And see, then when I, but see, if you don't renew your mind, you can go to heaven, but you can go to heaven mean. And you can go to heaven with no victory. Do you know that God's intention for you is to not only to save you, but for you to live in victory right here? You can't do it in your soulless nature. It's never going to happen. Even the saved among us, they're not, you're, not going to be, you're not going to become better and a better creation, a new creation because of your soulless nature. You're going to become a new creation. You're going to become better. You're going to, be, you're going to become mature because you get the Word of God into you and you start, living, you, start, you start living a spiritual life rather than a soulless life because you have to, you have to, it's part of denying yourself because yourself is your soulless nature. Do you understand that? When Jesus says that if you come after me, deny yourself it is the soulless drivings the soulless yearnings it is the the burning desire the strange lust it's all the things that drove you before that ran your life and ruined your life you see the spirit leads the soul drives it's what, comp it's what compels an alcoholic to drink. It's what compels a drug addict to, for one more shot. It's what, com it's what compels you to, to load the website one more time. It's what, compels you, it's what compels you to sneak out in the night and run off and see somebody. It's what compels you. It's when the soulless nature is in charge, you will be driven and you will be out of control. You won't be able to control your, your, your brute. By the, the judge, Jude called it the... the your bruteness. Soul care. You got to feed a spirit, man. See, whenever you start doing everything out of your soulless nature, it, it is, that is what creates the cycle of failure and regret failure and regret and fail i have that is a miserable cycle see when you before you were saved you didn't care would somebody in this room act like you remember what it was like before you got saved before you got saved you didn't care it's what you wanted to do when you got saved, it changes your want-tos, but it doesn't change your capability because, because see, you, can, you will never quit sinning out of your soulish nature because that is, your, your nature wants to, it's fallen. It's called the sin nature. And when you start trying to control the sin nature by the rules and regulations, the do's and the don'ts, and the, and the compulsions, and the I'm just not going to do it anymore, it will be a vicious cycle of, of failure and regret. Failure and regret. Failure 
and regret. It's what causes people to give up on God. Because you're trying to live out of your soulless nature instead of walking in the Spirit. Walk. Do we understand that when the Bible talks about flesh, it's talking about soul, it's your soulless nature? You understand that? Walk in the Spirit. And you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, I don't have any lust in my flesh. You are a liar. I'd, fi I'd find a, a longer, prettier way to say it, but this one's better. If you think you don't have any lust of the flesh, you are lying to you and everybody around you because you do. The only way to not walk in the vicious cycle of failure and regret, failure and regret, is to learn to walk by the Spirit. Renew your mind by the Word. Walk in the power of the Spirit. See, can I help you with something? What did I say that soul was? Mind, will, emotions. Yes? When you got saved, when you got saved, I'll tell you what did not happen. You did not receive a super willpower. You will never defeat sin and the fleshy man by willpower. When you got baptized in the Holy Ghost and you spoke in other tongues, Sometimes I don't know if we know it, but sometimes you get some of the most solid things as anywhere anybody I know. It's not because it's me. It's just because it's Scripture and it's true. And some people aren't willing to teach it, and I am. When you get saved, you didn't get a super willpower. And if that's the, and if that's the pattern you follow, it is what causes you to fail miserably. It's the same thing that causes you to join the gym January 1st and go to Freddy's Custard on January 3rd. Some, every year, talk about a vicious cycle. Every year around December 20th, everybody's willpower jumps by 10 levels and every gym in the country fills up. You know they make all their money in January, don't you? The rest of the year, they just tried to get back to January when everybody's willpower jumps again. What happens? Vicious cycle. Vicious cycle of February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, Thanksgiving, Christmas. It's gym time again. There's not really a more, a more clear picture of what we try to do to live this life whenever we don't know that the soul of man will never, will never support a, a spiritual victory.
soul care. Trying to decide if I just keep waiting and keep digging. I got time. It's early. Are you with me so far? You know why I get so mad whenever they start training all... That was ordination. If anybody's watching from the district, just hang on. Or from general counsel. You just never know who's watching. When we was in Port of Arda, how many people come and talk to me about a sermon I preached a few... In, when I was in Port of Arda, Mexico, at least four people over that week come and say, you're that guy that preached about the Black Robe Regiment. You never know who's watching. I may get a call tomorrow and say, I need some more. I need some more uh, events, whatever training. Whenever the church starts telling people that there are situations in your life that, that, that Jesus didn't pay for. Because that's, that's not the words they're using, but that's what they're saying. I touched on it again this morning. And here, here's some things I want you to understand. I understand that the Freudian psychologist can define problems and, and spell them out for you. I understand that. They, they gave us terms like, uh, help me, um, uh, terms like uh, enabler. Because we have a, a psychological term, enabler, we all know what that means, Right? That's the person that, that when somebody has a problem that, 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 that they propagate the problem because they won't cut it off. Parents that pay for the drug addiction is a great example. They're financing it. They're financing their own child's funeral. Out in love, of course. So I understand there's some defining terms that, and, and maybe even sometimes in, in a, for in a temporary fix, it can it can give you a coping mechanism. I want somebody to hear me and hear me well tonight because I'm not a cruel guy. I'm really a guy that's willing to tell what's true so people can have victory and not just cope. Do you know that Jesus didn't come so you could cope with life? Jesus didn't come and bleed and die and pay and, and, and die a horrible martyr's death. He didn't do that so you could just cope. That's not what he died for. He said, I have come that you might have life. And he didn't even just leave it at that. He said, and life more abundantly. That's not just coping and getting by. The reason I'm so against it is this idea of soul care. See, my soul don't care. 
My soul is selfish. My soul is about self-preservation. My soul is about what I want. My soulless nature, it couldn't care, it don't care about the people closest to you. Yours don't either. Because your, your soulless nature is the realm of temptation. It is the realm of failure. It is the realm of the sin nature. It is your spirit man that God takes a hold of. And when you renew your mind, your soulless nature with the Word of God, and you submit yourself to the Spirit of God, see, it's a submission. That's why something happens to die. That's why something has to be denied. It is a submission to the will of God that can only come by the Spirit of God. That is spirit to spirit. There is no soulless nature in you that will ever be able to walk in victory. It can't happen because that's not how He created us. And for crying out loud, the general counsel should know that. I'm not anti-AG. It's the only thing I know, and I've made a decision to stick with it come hell or high water. And sometimes it's so I can scream from the inside because that's the only place you have a voice. If I left them, they don't care if I scream. If I'm in their boardroom, they care until the security guard gets there. See, it's a misconception, it's a lie. It doesn't matter what any label you put on it because, see, the psychologist, is going to t- his foundational teaching is that all men are good and just misunderstood. All people, that's, that's a foundational teaching. That's the foundational thing is, that, is that, that all men are just basically good. Is that true? Is that true that all, that we're just basic, we're just born basically good? Well, besides the fact that the evidence is is to the contrary, which is anecdotal, I can give you something that's not anecdotal. The Bible says that the heart of man, the soul of man, the heart of man is above all things wicked. Who can know it? The reason we needed a savior is because fallen man is wicked. Next time you see the serial killer on the news, next time you see the the guy that went and shot up the place, listen to what his mama says on the news. And his neighbors say on the news, well, I just can't believe that. He had never done anything like that. He's not even capable of that. Well, yeah, he is, honey, because he just did. And the reason he is is because the heart of man's above all things wicked. You say, well, there's exceptions to that rule. I believe the Word of God said there's none righteous. No. Not one. It's why we need a Savior. And when you can't fix it, soul care. When you can't fix it, you patch it. Because they don't have an answer. And when you don't have an answer, you call, see, because the, the, the problem is sin. Man's problem is sin. The problem is sin. There's no other problem. Would you, would you look at me and understand something? There is no other problem on the face of this earth that's not rooted in sin. Sin is the problem. 
Sin is the problem. Sin is the problem. The old, but there is a remedy. There's a remedy. There's a remedy. There's an anecdote that there's only one anecdote. And it's the blood of Jesus. It's the only thing that can, that can correct the problem. It is the only thing that can set the captive free. It is the only thing that can deliver the heart of man. It's the only thing that can change our situation. It's the only thing. It's it. It's it. When all of man's excuses and remedies come up, when they can't fix it, when they can't fix the problem, and they can't because the problem is sin, when you can't fix the problem, then you label it a disease. Whew. I'll just use our own example. I don't think you would mind. Because he would stand up here and tell you himself today, our Brandon didn't get set free and didn't and, and didn't go to, didn't go so he didn't go to somewhere and find and get free because they told him how to cope with addiction. He went somewhere that told him the truth and gave him the word of God. And he allowed the power of God in his life to, to deliver him from the addiction. I'm going to tell you something. And I'm going to say it flat out. If you go anywhere with a problem, no matter what your problem is, and they tell you that you will always struggle with this and you will never get free. But we will teach you how to deal with it. I have one suggestion. That you run. Get out. Walk on. Save your money. Save your time. And run as fast as you can. And get to somewhere. that Get to someone, somewhere, somehow that will teach you that in that he's all things you need. I read it to you from the book of Colossians that he said, I not only saved you, but I delivered you. You want to know why I have no tolerance for it? Why it makes me fighting mad? Why it makes me want? I had, I mean, literally, I had to get up and go to the bathroom where I'd have probably got thrown out of the sin with a God. You don't know why? Oh, JR, it's not that big a deal. You ought to just learn to go along to get along. I'm going to tell you because that destroys lives. The ministry is the business of life and death. What happens right here, what I'm responsible for is the very eternity of the men and women, boys and girls under the sound of my voice. Do you know that? Bible says, I believe it's in Ezekiel, it says that the watchman ha sees the danger coming and does not warn. 
He says that he'll have the blood of the people on his hands. He says, but if you see the danger and you warn, but the people ignore it, they're on their own. I refuse to have anybody's blood on my hands because I wouldn't stand up against the stupidity that's trying to take over the church and tell you what can wash away my sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing, 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 nothing. Tell people when they come to see me, they need a counselor. I'm not a very good counselor if you don't want to hear the Word of God. I can tell you that right now. If you don't, if you don't want to come sit across from me and tell me what's going on, your, your secrets are safe with me. I promise. I'm not going to tell it to a soul. I'll leave Heather in the dark. I'm not going to tell anybody. You can come say anything you want to. But if you came for an answer and you want something besides the Word of God, you've come to the wrong place because that's all I got. And it's all I got because it's all I want. And it's all I want because it's more than enough. I believe Jesus... It's one of the reasons, you know, one of the things he asked about when he comes back. Listen to me. Jesus asked questions. Remember when I tell you he asked questions? He's good at questions. He, when he asks questions, when Jesus asks questions, he's not seeking information. He's causing you to think. He says, when the Son of Man returns to the earth, will he find faith on the earth? I thought, what a question. That's no mystery to me now. That's a real, in fact, it's turned out it's a really good question. When he, when, by the time he gets back, will he find faith on the earth? Not generic faith, the faith. Where it's just him. It's just him. If there was another way, another method, another, another a, a way to accomplish it, or if he did cover it, then, he, then it, was, it was a terrible waste for him to come and die. Will we find faith on the earth? On the way to the cross. Now think about what we're saying. This is so applicable. This is, I'm talking about what's being pushed on us. And I'm telling you, I'm fighting against it with everything I got. I want you to know better. When it comes time to go to the cross, because see, when you go to the cross, somebody's got to die. He was on his way to the cross. He said, are you going to leave me too? Peter said, where would we go? Well, we need to ask ourselves that question. Where would we go? You alone have the words of life. It's so clear, soul care. <laughs> you know, my soul is resting tonight in his care. heard I can't go into all that I want you to know something I have Sabbath every day I had somebody call here about two weeks ago 
Called the phone in the afternoon. I answered the phone. Yes, sir, she said. I'm looking for a church that has Sabbath on Saturday. I said, well, ma'am, the only, people, the only church I know that, that celebrates Sabbath on Saturday is the Seventh-day Adventist. I said, but you can come to this church and you can have Sabbath every day of your life. Because see, Sabbath is not a day, it's a position. It's, it's in Christ. He, said, he told me I can come to Him with all my burden and, and all my heavy laden and, the, and, and then give it all to Him. And He said, and He will give me rest. You can live in Sabbath. You can live in rest when you live in Him. See, it's all the same thing. People, you know people, what they're doing, their minds are screaming for relief. Do you know that? You know why we have more than Americans and people in the world today are more medicated than any, any society? And listen, I want somebody to be real clear. If you've got medical conditions that require medication, I believe God has worked in people and, edu- and given people the ability to save lives. I do. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about whenever you got to have a drink, whenever you got to have a shot, whenever you got to have a pill just to cope with everyday life. He didn't come so you could cope. He came so you could live. Soul care. He came to put my mind at ease. See, when you have, see, when the chastisement of it, uh, my peace was upon him, it doesn't matter what's going on in my life or, or, or all around me. If life's falling apart and all hell is broken loose, I can lay down and rest because I'm in him. You say, well, that's good for you. You know what I think? Won't y'all make your way to the front? We're going to pray. <laughs> If I don't fall on my face. Because some people think, preacher, you're just wired different. You can just, you know what, you know people think that? You're just wired different. You, nothing bothers you. Are you kidding me? You think nothing bothers me? Things bother me. But I had a pastor that used to teach me the same kind of things. Come on in. Come on in. Brother Johnson used to say things like this. He'd say, listen, what are are you worried about? He said, if you can fix it, then fix it. Listen, you hear me? If you can fix it, fix it. So you don't have to worry about that, right? If you can fix it, don't worry about it, right? If you can't fix it, what good's it do to worry about it? You can't fix it. So give it to him and lay down and go to bed. Say, well, I get in bed, preacher. My mind won't turn off. I can't rest. I'm just a worried man. Get you. Get you a, a pad and a pencil 
And every time it comes to your mind and you think, oh, what I forgot today or what I'm going to forget tomorrow, and before it keeps you up half the night worrying about it, you can do this really magical thing and write it down. It's amazing what it'll take off your mind. You're not going to lay awake half the night thinking about it because you've wrote it down. I, I don't write it down anymore. I pick up my phone and put it in the notes. Half the time, I never go back to it. Why? Because I've taken it off my plate, off my mind. I put it in his hands. No, I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a freak of nature. I just understand that it's all about him. Do the things I can. See, I think God believes, I, I truly believe God wants us to do what's possible. He's the God of the impossible. If, I, if he's the God of the impossible, then we're the people of the possible. And we keep waiting on him to do what's impossible. And he's looking at it and saying, why don't you do what's possible? When you get at the end of what's possible, then I'll do what's po impossible. I believe that. I believe that scripture. Amen? Soul care. I'm resting in him.